It's so good to see you here this morning. I'm so glad that you came. And um, we're going to have a great time this morning. I believe God's uh, just given me a word, kind of a prophetic word for you all this morning. Um, But I just encourage you to pray for Mike this morning, Pastor Mike. Him and Steve Petrosky are up in Taiwan, uh, ministering to some of the business people up there. So they're having a great time. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Jakarta. I went to minister to a church over there. And... uh, Church is probably about four years old, um, got about 400 people in it, and uh, when I went there, it's actually, I found that there's a whole bunch of business people, and there's quite a whole, quite a number of quite significant business people there um, that I got to minister to, and it was really, really good. Spoke to them on legacy, uh, and, and where their values are based on, because uh, a lot of these guys, they, you know, they have quite significant businesses, they have quite significant amount, amounts of finance, um, but actually they can also neglect relationships as well. So just talk to them about uh, uh, spiritual inheritance and, and, and also uh, legacy. So it was very, very well received, so it was, I was really wrapped about that. Um, last weekend I was just back at Massey University again, uh, and for those that don't know that I am studying, a, uh, doing an MBA, a Master's of Business uh, Leadership, and uh, it's been very, very good. And one of the things that I've been really impressed on my spirit with uh, is about being a salt and light into the community. Uh, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus was known to be the friend of sinners. Um, so that people that were in the community, people that uh, were separate from God, they actually liked him. They got on well with him. And so one of the things that's been really uh, burning on my heart is to carry what we have here into our own local community, carry it to the people that are unsaved. For me, the gifts of the Spirit, they're great to, man- they're great to be able to function here, but actually I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are called to also be manifested in our local community. And so one of the things I've been really uh, focusing on is really wanted to exercise the gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit um, into the marketplace uh, so I can bring hope and bring the life of Christ into the people that are, are around me. And uh, so one of the things I've found is the perfect opportunity has really been my MBA group. Um, I'm the only Christian in there. And, uh, but I've, been able to ha- I've had the opportunity to be able to share a number of things that I've been doing in life. Um, I've also been able to sh- had the opportunity to, to share uh, and open up into people's hearts. Uh, so I've had people in tears, um, and I don't even know why. So one of the things I, was, uh, I want to also encourage you is in, in moving in the spirit especially in the community. One of the things I think it's really important is that we don't be too, don't be too stupid about it. Don't be too silly. You know, don't be, um, you, know, you don't have to go, you know, thus saith the Lord. God is, wants, you know, just, it kind of doesn't go down. <laughs> and uh, I had an example just on the weekend, and uh, one of my university professors, uh, he's going to be taking uh, one of my next modules. And we sat down there and, and, and we, we, we had lunch together. There's a whole bunch of us sitting around the table. And I just want to kind of show you how it worked for me anyway. Um, and I felt, as we sat down, I felt in my heart, this guy here, he's had a, there's something happened um, in terms of, he's, he's had a clash somewhere with, with church or religion or, or something like that. That's all I got from God. That was, I just, and there was no signal. There was nothing there to, to indicate anything else. So I thought, well, I might just, Work it out. I mean, so one of the things you don't do is they thus saith the Lord, you've had a problem. Uh, just see there. It, it kind of turns people off pretty quick. <laughs> and so I just sat there and talked with him and just asked him a few questions. And I felt in my heart, I knew what I felt God had shown me. So I thought, well, I'll just try and probe it a little bit further. I kind of ask a few questions. And this is kind of what Jesus did you know, with the woman at the well of, you know, just asked her a few questions. And uh, so now I asked him a few questions. And 
Um, and he started to talk, and sure enough, anyway, to cut a long story short, sure enough, he had been uh, abused uh, by his mum from a young boy, and had been, uh, and his mum had used religion as a way of beating him up. Um, and so now he's he's still very very spiritually hungry, uh, but yeah, he's he's trying to fill the void in his life with somehow. Uh, so essentially, what I felt from God was right that he had been there's been an issue there with with religion. He'd been beaten up and, and abused somehow. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And so that's really how I was able to bring it out, just ask a few questions and, and, and just suggest a few things to him. And, and I talked to him about salvation. And, uh, and sure enough, and, and the words that he started to speak to me were, uh, you know, if, I, I don't know you, but I sense that you kind of understand where I'm, where I'm coming from. You kind of understand what's going on inside of here. See, people in the community, sometimes, sometimes they're very much aware of what's missing, but they're just not quite sure what words to put on there. And I think if you can come across in, the, in, the, in a wrong way or an overbearing way, it can shut people down pretty quick. But I think if you can listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, just be sensitive and just allow him to lead you, um, you'd be surprised at how many people their hearts opened up. I had another girl there, and uh, we're just talking about uh, the, the, the issue of value and where you find your value from, whether you find it uh, extrinsically by what you have, what you do, what you look like, or I suggested to her, how about what would it like what would it be like if you found your, your value system internally by who you are? And uh, it got her to think, and eventually one of them came up on, on the other night and said, ah, oh, you must have God in your life. Have you got God or something like that? <laughs> there you go. You've got the door open straight away. And uh, this is what I believe, uh, one, of the, one way that we can be salt and light into the community, just carry the presence of God in a very relational, um, understanding way. Have the discipline to listen to people, listen to where they're coming from. And I believe that you'll find that the Holy Spirit will be able to use you in, a, in amazing ways. There was no thus there for lords or anything like that. I just spoke the words that the Holy Spirit encouraged me with. So I just want to encourage you today. God has called us to be the salt and light into the world. Amen? Amen? I wonder who it is around your life that you could speak to and God is maybe showing you things and you could just talk. Maybe invite them into your home or something like that. Share life with them, and you'll be surprised what people open up to. Amen? Fantastic. Hey, I want to uh, just share with you a few, uh, just a few thoughts this morning uh, about what I believe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about personally anyway. And, uh, and it's this one phrase that, that the Scripture says. It's been, been ringing in my heart for a long time, and uh, I just want to share it with you this morning. It's found in Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. Luke chapter 4 and verse 14. This is the start of Jesus' ministry. And it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Somebody turn to the person next to you. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. This is an amazing... Um, when you start to look at this, what Jesus went through to come to this, this point... When Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, the question, uh, obviously, is return from what and from where and to what? We understand this here, is a, uh, this here is a defining moment in the life of Christ. It's a defining moment in the life of Christ. Just after this, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And basically, he's decreeing his purpose and his mission on earth. So Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. We understand that Jesus was, first of all, led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and uh, this is kind of what I want to talk to you a little bit about this morning, um, about a resurgence. And the word resurgence means to, to rise again into life. 
or activity or prominence, to rise again. I love from uh, Robin Hood where they say, uh, it's written on the sword, uh, rise and rise again until lambs become lions. In other words, he's saying, keep going and don't quit. Never give up. Never give up without a fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Doesn't matter what's happening to you, rise and rise and rise again. If you get knocked down, rise again. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give up. And uh, there's some important keys that we can see here uh, that motivated Jesus and uh, that I want to encourage you with. So Jesus was led into the place. He was led into a place of, of, of the wilderness, and he had to go through something. So the, 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 the wilderness speaks of many um, different things, but I just want to give you a couple of thoughts this morning. Um, so Jesus had to go through something. What we discover in life that often we have to go through things in order to become something else. Often we have a process of refining. We have to walk a journey, and sometimes the journey is not always... Uh, pleasant. It's not always what we like, and it's not always ideal. However, they're often determined, and, and I believe, set by God in order to have for, for something to change inside of our life. So Jesus had to go through this, and he was led by the Spirit into it. So the wilderness speaks of uh, it speaks of a season of trial and temptation. We understand and we read what, through what Jesus went through. He was he, he went through three temptations. Um, but it was something that he had to work through. And maybe I'll look at that in a different, different sense, a different time. But it also represents a season of transition and change. We see that the Israelites went, in order to go from a place of confinement into a place of promise, they had to go through a wilderness. They had to go through a place where they were transformed and, and changed. So wilderness, the wilderness experience can speak... Uh, there's kind of lots of meanings around it, but every one of us will, at some time will go through a wilderness experience, whether that is uh, where we get trials, where we get temptations, where we get, uh, go through a, pre- a, a, a time of transition and change. All of us will go through this time, and I believe that some of you may be in that time right now. Some of you have been through a time of wilderness where there's been a, a, a lack of life, a lack of activity, where things have just been tough where you get pressured from every side. We understand from Jesus. He got pressured from every side. The devil tempted him in different ways uh, to, to be in the place praying and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. That is a long time. That puts pressure on your soul. And, uh, but this is an important time. And uh, so this is what I just want to uh, encourage you with a, a bit about this morning. Uh, for many of you, uh, about five years ago, there was a word that came through church out of Haggai where God said, I will shake the heavens and the earth. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. I will shake it. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've kind of been through a season of a lot of shakedowns. <laughs> I've been under a, a season where there's been a lot of trials and a lot of pressure and a lot of temptation. There's been a season in my life where everything that could be shaken was shaken. And I was pretty well shaken out. <laughs> Not much left in me. Um, but it was something I believe I had to go through. I had to go through it. It wasn't something of the devil. It wasn't a demonic thing. I believe it was the Holy Spirit leading me or leading us into a place where every part of our body, our life, our soul, our emotions, everything was shaken and put under pressure. And maybe some of you will be going through that pressure right now or Maybe you're about to. <laughs> and I believe that there are times where sometimes we don't just have a single wilderness experience in our life. Often we have several. 
and they could manifest in different ways. They could be in relation to other different areas of our life. Sometimes it could be, a, be in a financial aspect. Sometimes it could be in a health aspect. Some, many of us will find ourselves in different times in a place of going through a wilderness experience. I'm just going to move this out of the way. So I remember being in Pakistan. Um, we got pressed on every side. <laughs> uh, pressed on every side. Within two weeks of being there, uh, something happened and we could have been back just like that, that quick. Uh, it put us under immense pressure, immense emotional pressure, immense spiritual pressure, immense physical pressure. And you'll find that uh, over the years, over this last five years, many people have been shaken. The house, the church has been shaken in many different ways. There's been, I believe, a period of, of transition and shifting, a period of, of wilderness. And you kind of got to understand that the Holy Spirit's leading us in here. If he's leading us in, he can lead us out too. If he's, leading in, if he's leading us in, there must be something that he is trying to forge inside of our life. How we see our wilderness experience, how we see these times in our life, I believe have the power to define us and to shape us into a whole new dimension. If I never went through what I've been through, I could never be the person I'm being today. I am today. You will never be the person you are today without going through something. But it's the going through something and the coming out is what makes the difference. Some people will stay in a place because they kind of enjoy it. They kind of don't like it, but they kind of enjoy it at the same time. And they never, ever seem to get out of the wilderness. You look at the Israelites. It took a whole generation to move on before another generation would say, hey, let's move forward. Jesus at this time had came into a place where he was led in, but he returned in the power of the Spirit. He could have returned Weak, he could have come out um, fumbling, he could have come out feeling sorry for himself, but he said, the scripture says he came, returned in the power of the Spirit. And I believe in this time, in reflection of Haggai, um, you know, the scripture was that he's going to shake the earth, but the, the, the glory that is to come will be greater than the former glory. And I believe that God, that's what God is wanting to do in, uh, in, our, in our lives as individuals, uh, as our lives in the church, that he wants us to go from a place of, of death to life. Uh, he wants to, us to come from a place of uh, living in this dimension into coming into a place of living in a greater dimension. He wants us to come from this measure of glory into a greater measure of glory. But in order to do that, you've got to go through something. And it's in that process of transition will shape you, they will mold you, it will define you. It is a time where everything gets pressured. It is a time, I believe, where what you believe gets challenged. Many times we, uh, in, in, especially in a church environment, we kind of, um, I'll explain it a different way. There's about three different levels of, of, of belief development. The first level is where you, uh, you believe and you value what you're told to believe and you value. So often this is for children. Uh, they value things because, simply because they're told, this is what you've got to value. Um, and so I remember in my own family, um, there were times where that just what we did, the values that mum and dad said is what you valued. Uh, so that's a very early stage of, of belief and value development. The second one is where your value and your beliefs are shaped, they're kind of orientated in order for you to fit in with the crowd. You kind of, your, your beliefs and your values are kind of motivated to, to be more socially connected. You, your beliefs are molded in order to fit in into the crowd. But then there's another area of belief development where 
you know why you believe what you believe. You, know, you, you can clearly define what you believe and why you believe it. It's very important that we understand these different levels because uh, in coming through a wilderness experience, what you believe will come under pressure. The integrity of your beliefs will be challenged. What you say you believe will be challenged. If you say that God is able to provide all my, all my needs, if you think you believe that, I can guarantee you there'll be a time where that belief is challenged. There will be a time in your life where, where we sing every week, nothing is impossible. For, and we even know the scripture, we, we can say it back to front. But there will become a time in your life where that will be challenged. All of us will go through that, and it's those times we get into a position where the decisions that we make can alter the course of our entire life. It tests the integrities of our beliefs. It, value, it challenges our belief systems. Why you believe what you believe. Essentially, it challenges the essence of who you are as a person. It challenges the essence of who you are as a Christian. It challenges the essence of your identity. It is a place where life decisions are challenged. You kind of need to know at that point why you believe what you believe. At that point, you find out how strong your beliefs are, how strong your convictions are when they're put under pressure. And I believe that when God is about to bring you into a new season of your life, those parts will be challenged. Those parts in your life will be challenged. Here is where we have the opportunity. It is this point here in our lives that can either define us or they can break us. I believe the issue comes down to a choice. All of us have a choice. Jesus had a choice. Many, All of us have a choice when we're faced with these difficult situations. I've kept plenty of choices. I could have just walked away. When I was under pressure in terms of uh, who I was as a person and coming back from Pakistan, I had a choice of whether I could walk through something or I could just say, well, that's it for my life. I'll just enjoy the rest of my life. And I'll just leave the rest of my life living in a small dimension, not knowing or missing out of the bigness, the bigness that God has for me. And there is a, a greatness that God has for you too. But in order to get you there, he'll have to bring you through something. Sometimes it will be financial. Sometimes it will be relational. Sometimes it will be spiritual. Sometimes it will be physical. God will bring us through something. But in these times, we have a, the power of choice, and it's how we see these situations will help us bring through. We experience moments and seasons in our lives that can have significant effect. There are choices that we make every day, but there are decisions that you and I make in times where... Everything rests upon it. There are defining moments in our life where we choose this way or whether we choose this way. There's always options for us. There's always the option to quit. If you consider with Jesus, the, the temptation that, that was offered to Jesus, the devil said, uh, if you bow down to me, if you worship me, then all the kingdoms of the earth I will give to you. You think about that. Well, Jesus was going to get him anyway. He is the Son of God. So what really was the devil offering? 
He wasn't necessarily offering the kingdoms of the world because that's, you know, God already has that anyway. What he was offering was a shortcut. (laughs) That's what he was offering. He knew that Jesus had to go through something in order to become the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What the devil was trying to offer him was an easy way out. At those times you have the opportunity to choose one or the other. And often those, to- those moments are defining moments. If we look at, um, if we consider the, the, the decisions that we make in our lives, many times we look at our life with a myopic perspective. Myopia is short-sightedness. Many of the times when we look at our circumstances, one of the biggest things that the devil tries to use, one of the most effective tactics is to alter your perspective. You see, when Eve was tempted by the devil, the devil didn't accuse Eve of anything. It was never any accusation. All he managed to do, all he did, was just alter her perspective. That was it. When the devil altered Eve's perspective, it shaped her emotions, it shaped her behavior. So what you see and how you see it how you see your situation, what you see in your situation, and how you see it can greatly affect your emotional response to it and also your behavior, which will ultimately determine the course of your life. If we look, for example, Abraham in Genesis chapter 13. Abraham had a conflict with his brother Lot. And we see in the beginning of Genesis chapter 13, that there was contention between the house of Abraham and the house of Lot. And the house of Lot decided that they would take another path. And so, basically, there was a family breakup. Abraham was going through some family issues. His awkward brother, Lot. And all of us will go through family issues, whether it's in the church family or personal family, wherever it is. We find ourselves, where we get faced with disappointments or we get faced with Challenges. Here, Abraham got faced with a family challenge. And he must have got very disappointed. He must have been in a place where um, his, his hopes and his dreams were challenged. I thought, God, that you'd promised this. I thought, God, that you had said that. I thought that we were going to all be one big happy family. And here he is. He's gone the easy path. And I've taken the hard path. Gee, it's not fair. It's not nice at all, God. Many of us will time find ourselves in a place of just an emotional down. I mean, you're just disappointed. It's just things just haven't worked out as you thought they'd work out. You feel pressured relationally. And here at Jesus, the Lord comes to Abraham and he says in, in verse 14, he said, lift up now your eyes. He must have, if he was saying lift up, Abraham must have just been walking along with us. God stopped him and said, Abraham, lift up now your eyes. Not another day. Lift them up now. Lift them up. Next thing he says, look from the place where you are. Look. Look all around you. Look to the north. Look to the south. Look to the east. Look to the west. 
everywhere you see. I'm going to give to you and your descendants forever, the Bible says. All the land that you see in verse 15, I will give to you and your seed forever. One of the things that we need to understand is that our perspective, if we take a myopic perspective when we see our circumstances, that there could limit not just your life, but the, the, the lives of your descendants after you. Our lives are just a, a compass in a moment. But your descendants, the ones, your, your children, your children's children, and your children's children's children. You see, the blessings of God are not just limited to one generation. Neither are the curses. Our decisions in life, our decisions that we make right now in these times of adversity and times of trouble, don't just affect our life. If you look at it with a myopic perspective, how will it affect me now? That's where how many people view their their wilderness experience. This is where the, the Lord said, lift up now your eyes. In other words, lift them up from here, up here. You cannot see the future when your eyes are down here. Perspective is not necessarily what you see, but how you see it. Our perspective is shaped by uh, our past experiences and is shaped by our beliefs and our value system. So you and me can see the same thing, but according to our past experiences, according to our values and our beliefs, we'll see it in different ways. Some people will be overcome when they see a problem or a challenge. They'll be like, oh, no, no. God, why have you forsaken? Other people will look at it and say, ah, give me this mountain. I can see on the other side. This is the power of perspective. If you've got your eyes down here and your current circumstances, you won't see what God's got on the other side for you. And see, with Jesus, when he was tempted in the garden, it was not just about him. It was not just about him and how he felt. One of the things that Jesus must have saw was that you and I further down the track. And he was under temptation in the garden. It wasn't just about him and his own comfort or discomfort right then and there. In his heart, he could see generation after generation after generation after generation after generation all the way down to you and me today. Affected by one or two decisions. Friends, this is the reality of life. The victories or the defeats that we face in life today have the power to affect generation after generation after generation. Your ability to not quit and to not give up today or to fight or to grab a hold of the promises of God has the power to shift not just your life now, but for one generation after another generation after another generation. It's not just about you and your problems right now. The victory that's in front of you right now, the victory, the battle that you are fighting now, friends, don't fight it for yourself. It's not just about for you. Lift up your eyes now. Don't, if you're, and this is where a lot of people's perspective is. If it's down here or down here, some of the times people, I believe, they just navel gaze in life. Their perspective on life is so self-orientated. All they're doing is consistently navel-gazing at their own things. It's like their eyes kind of come out, come back this way. That's how many people live their life. Everything is about them and their problems, about their stuff, and the issues that they're going through. It's all about them. They're so self-consumed. Or around here, maybe their eyes are just down here. Their perspective is about that far away. 
And all they can see maybe is just their own life. Just the next 10 years, maybe the next five years, maybe just tomorrow. God said, lift up your eyes. Some people have got their heads way back here. They can't see nothing but clouds. They're delusional. So there's a point where you've kind of got to bring your perspective into a place where it's, you're not self-centered, but you're kind of like this. You can see into the future. You see the future consequences of your decision. So when Jesus was in the garden, tempted on every side, tempted in every way, he made a decision to keep his eyes fixed on the glory that was set, not just for him, but for you and I. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. How, my friends, are we going to return out of our wilderness that we walk through? How will we as a church return out of the journey that we've walked through? Are we going to walk into the city limping and, oh, it's been a hard journey? Oh, it's been tough. How should we walk? How should we walk into this new season that God has for us? How should you walk into the season that God has for you? If you've, been walk, if you've walked through some trials, if you've walked through some pressures, if you've walked through some change or whatever you've walked through, how will you come out of it? How will you come out of it? How will we come out as a church right now? How will we show up on a Sunday? How will we show up in a place of work? How will we show up today? It's not going to happen by some great fire coming down from the cliff. It's not going to happen that way, I'll tell you now. It'll happen by you and I making a decision in our hearts. When, God, when, Ab- when Moses was uh, his final address to the people of Israel, and coming into the promised land, and, and the conclusion of their transition, he said, don't look across the sea for some great person to come across the sea. Don't look up into the clouds for, and ask yourself, who's holy enough to ascend up in the heavens to bring this glory down upon us that would just change our life? He said, don't forget about all that. It's not going to happen. It's, I'll tell you now. He said, where your answer lies is in your heart and your mouth. What you choose to believe. What will you choose to believe? What will you speak out of your mouth? What you speak out of your mouth will be a reflection of what's going inside of your heart. Will your eyes be fixed upon what you have now? Or will your eyes be fixed upon what we can have in the future? Not just for my own life, for, for my kids and my kids' kids. Friends, as I pick up senior leadership of this church, I'm not just doing it for myself. I'm looking for your kids, my kids, my kids' kids, my kids' kids' kids. 200 years is, is just a, still a flash in the pan in the, in, in the context of the fullness of life. I'm not just considering just the next five years. I'm not doing this just for nothing. I'm walking through what I walk through because I want to see your children and your children's children and your generations blessed, walking in the promise and the fullness of God. That is worth fighting for. That is worth shifting my perspective. That is worth coming out of my place strong in a place of power. How will you walk out of your wilderness experience? I tell you today, I'm gonna, I am out of that wilderness and I'm walking in the fullness of the Spirit of God. I am going to choose that I will come out filled with the power of the Spirit. I'm not going to limp out. And this church is not going to limp out. 
if you want to, you can stay there and limp. <laughs> I'm not. All of us will fight our little battle somewhere in this, this thing, this journey. Make a decision. I'm going to walk out of here like Jesus in the fullness, the power of the Spirit. Amen? Come on, let just lift your hands up right now. Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are. Now look around you. Why don't you just close your eyes right now? Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and move upon us afresh today. Move into our hearts, Holy Ghost. We thank you for the journey that you've brought us through. Thank you for the journey that you're bringing us through. We thank you today for a greater glory on the other side, not just for our own lives, Father, but for our community. Father, for the future of our city, the future of our nation. God, we pray today. Lift up our eyes today. Maybe you're in a place of hardship. Maybe you're in a place of, maybe you're right in the middle of your wilderness experience. Maybe you've got family stuff going on. Maybe you've got employment, um, stuff happening with your job. Maybe you're having difficulties there. Maybe you're having difficulties in your finances. Maybe you're having difficulties just relationally. Lift up your eyes. Lift up the eyes from where you are now. God, we just pray today. We thank you today for the destiny that you have for Bay City. Thank you for the journey that you've brought us through. God, we thank you today for the amazing glory that you've got us to walk through into the future. Father, today in the name of Jesus, we make a decision to lift up our eyes. We make a decision to shift our perspective. Father, we make a decision to see how you see. We make a decision today to see with the eyes of faith, not see with the eyes of defeat. God, today we do it. Make a decision today. Maybe you're here this morning, you just need to make that decision. Today, I'm going to shift my perspective. I'm going to shift my, my, get rid of my myopia, my short-sightedness, my narrow-minded attitude. Today, I'm going to shift my perspective. Today, I'm going to lift up my eyes. I'm going to look around. I'm going to look around at the land that you've called for me, that you've given for me to inherit. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you just to, we're just going to sing a song and I just want you just to, just to make a, a decision in your heart today. Just decide. God, I am going to lift up my eyes. Holy Spirit, help me to shift my perspective. Help me to overcome. Help me to see with the eyes of faith and not see with the eyes of defeat. Help me to see with the eyes of the future, not help me see with my past experiences. Change the filters in my, in my life, Lord. Change the filters in my, in my mind. Change the filters behind what I see, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Why don't we just stand up on our feet right now and let's sing with a uh, great sound of faith.